Um, I did want to back up just for a minute. This is a freebie. This wasn't even in my notes, but if you came in um, after, after Nate greeted us, he said something in his greeting to us about, about burdens, about releasing your burdens, giving, you know, giving God your burdens. If you're here today, if you came in after that, when he was, when he was sharing that, um, Isaiah 53, 5 just came to my mind. And that verse says that he, meaning Jesus, the Messiah, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. And I love saying that verse. <laughs> I love it for a couple of reasons. Number one, because of everything, it's just all encompassing. And I love that in no matter which translation you look that verse up, I promise you that that last phrase, by his stripes, we are healed, it's going to be in the present tense. It's going to be in the present tense. So every time you say that, it's we are, right? I mean, Isaiah wrote, Isaiah lived some 600 years before Jesus. And I'm going to share something else with you from Isaiah here in a minute. Some 600 years before Jesus, this was a messianic prophecy. But by his stripes, we are today. We are today. If you, if you came up here and you stood in this line for healing in your feet, you're healed. You are healed. You are healed today. Because Isaiah 53, 5 says you are healed. <clears throat> and so, um, so, yeah, so I just wanted to tag on that, um, that admonition, that encouragement that Nate gave us. That, and, and when I thought of that, I thought of something that... Um, Graham Cook said, we've heard him speak a few times, and I mean, his, uh, his encouragement was actually pretty strong. He said, Jesus wants his stuff back, you know? He died. He died for all that. This is, this is free, all right? This is all free, because I just got this this morning. This is all free and fresh. It's the freshest. But he, Jesus died he didn't take those stripes. He didn't get that crown of thorns jammed on his head for no good reason. He did it because he loves every person in here. He took that. <laughs> he took that for his, because of his great love for us. So, yeah. So, and in the words of that famous philosopher Bill Murray, we got that going for us. Right? <laughs> so we got that. So we got that. That's about the end of that. That's the end of that. So I do, of course, want to wish happy Father's Day to all the fathers in the house this morning. Um, uh, when I worked outside and wore tool belt, uh, I used to, I used to love, you know, after the winter solstice, the days would get longer and longer and longer. So it was like every day, if you work outside every day after that, you have more daylight hours, right? And if you're like me, you tend to, tended to go until about dark 30, right? So that's kind of what my schedule was. And my wife certainly obliged a lot of that. But the summer, the summer solstice, it's like you look forward to it. And today's the summer solstice, by the way. But today's the day that we're going to have the most daylight hours of this year. And so I just thought, how cool that, that 
it's on Father's Day. And so, anyway, so, um, yeah. So, and then after today, then we start to lose a minute or two every day. So that's kind of a drag, but <laughs> it'll, it'll come back around. Stick around, stick around. It'll, it'll, it'll come to us again. So um, about six weeks or so ago was when uh, Glenn texted me and asked me if, uh, if I would share uh, he said preach, but I don't think that's what this is going to be. I think this is I think this is going to be more like sharing. Uh, but but um, as has become my habit with uh, leaders that I trust, um, I shot back yes. Well, yeah. Um, you know, I'm in sales. And there's something wonderful about yes when you're in sales. <laughs> it's, just the, it's just the thing you want to hear. It's just what you want to hear. When you're in sales and you hear no, it's just, no is so limiting. You know what I'm saying? No is just so limiting. Now, the way that, the way that, I, was, the way that I was trained, the first sales job I ever had when I sold in the home, um, it was pretty hardcore, um, and, and they taught us that no was not, didn't really mean no. It was, it didn't really mean no, it was just a request for more information. That's all, that's all it was. So if you have somebody come to your house and they're trying to say you something, and you say no, they were trained like me, they're gonna figure out why you're saying no, and then they're gonna kind of circle around the mountain again as many times until you get to yes, because yes is always the best answer. Yes is always... So I said yes, so I said yes right away. And um, I just remember when the Lord convicted me about saying yes. You know, I had, we were at another church and a pastor asked me to be a part of something. And I could tell even by the way he asked me that he was kind of expecting me to do the typical Christian thing, right? Because it was kind of a big ask. And I could tell he was kind of anticipating that my response, my reply was going to be, well, let me pray about that, and maybe we'll both forget that you ever asked me, right? <laughs> then I could just live my life like I've been. But in that moment, in that moment, when he asked me, the Holy Spirit just, and I opened my mouth, and I said, how about I just say yes? <laughs> how about I just say yes? And so from then on, and that's been probably, I don't know, seven, eight, less than 10 years ago. But from then on, has started me on a yes journey where God is concerned. So I know yes men aren't typically thought too highly of, but guess what? I'll be God's yes man. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be a yes man for God, okay? I promise you. So when he asked me, I was like, yes. And, um, and so... <clears throat> as I began uh, to seek the Lord about what, and I suspect, I never really talked about this, but I suspect it probably had something to do, the ask was probably had something to do with some things that I had shared with you maybe about some uh, things that were happening on my work. And, um, and so um, as I began to seek the Lord about, because I really, I mean, this is a weighty thing for me. This isn't something that I take casually, you know? It's not. I mean, to stand in front of y'all and to be responsible for these next few minutes, which are 
going by much faster than I thought they were gonna. <laughs> um, it's a serious, it's a serious, it's a serious thing for me. Can, can we just stop the clock for a minute? Can we do that? Can we just like pause? Do we have a pause button on the? Okay. So he began to deal with me. <laughs> and I don't know how God interacts with you as a father, but, you know, he certainly comforts me and encourages me. And, um, and he also challenges me. And uh, he said, uh, well, you know, Todd, um, what about those, uh, those inheritance verses that you wrote out some, I don't know, years ago? And they're hanging on your, uh, on your bathroom cabinet. And you see them every time you open the door in the morning. And, um, and I said, okay. <laughs> and um, so I went there. And uh, I'm going to share that with you in a minute. But before I do, I need to, I need to establish two verses for us. Oh, and by the way, my son came up with the good, good father. Because yesterday, when we came to do the slides, he said, Dad, so which, do you have a title? And I'm like, no. And he said, well, when people come away, what do you want them to come away with? And I said, well, Jesus. I mean, that's what I want you to come away. He said, no, no, no. And so that's his, okay? That's his. So give him the credit for that. I'll, I'll. So, so, so I have two main verses that if we don't get these, then, then nothing else is going to matter. So the first one is uh, Revelation 19.10. So there's Revelation 19.10. Um, and I really want to key in on the last part of this verse. It says, For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. His life and teaching are the heart of prophecy. So here's what I want you to know about that for, relative to this is nothing I'm going to share with you, while it's unique to me, because I'm unique, you're unique, we're all one of a kind, right? But when that says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, what that means to me that I want you to get is that nothing that's happened to me, and I'm going to share some good things, <laughs> nothing that's happened to me or to Sarah and me, to us, to our family, is off limits, Right? It's all on the table as far as God's concerned. Everything is available. So the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What do we have up there for a graphic? I, oh, it's a nail gun. Yeah, that's what I talked about. With Sloan. Well, I didn't see the slides before he did them. We just, I just discussed the idea. So there's a nail gun up there. An air nailer is what it is. So, you know, in the, in the, um, in the, in the Hebrew, the word for spirit is ruach, which means breath, right? In the, in the Greek, in the New Testament, the word is pneuma, right? Where we get our word for pneumatic, right? And if you've ever worked with tools, I know, you know, roofing was my first job out of high school. It was before air, it was before air nailers, believe me. <laughs> believe me, it was, yeah, it was hammers and nails and that's, you had to learn how to flip the nails and that was all we had. But when air nailers came along, it's like, you talk about productivity, and that, and that pneuma or that breath or that spirit of God, um, I'm telling you, it's all of, it's, everything is available to you through the testimony of Jesus. And you might say, well, 
Todd, that sounds great. I love that testimony of Jesus. Well, let me also caution you about what you sign up for. The next slide is Revelation 12, 17. This is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible because Revelation 12 kind of tells the history of the whole thing in one chapter. It's so cool. Read it. Read it. It's just so cool because it's the whole thing from the beginning all the way to the end. Well, the last verse in Revelation 12 says this. It's up there, but I'll read it at him. <clears throat> Revelation 12. It says, so the, then the dragon was furious. So let's talk about Satan. The dragon was furious at the woman and he went away to wage war on the remainder of her descendants, on those who obey God's commandments and who have the testimony of Jesus Christ and adhere to it and bear witness to him. Now, I'm not telling you anything new this morning because I know it's been preached and taught from this platform before that we are in a war. <laughs> this is a battle, okay? It's not, I think it was, actually might have been Pastor Nate talked about this. We're not on a cruise ship. It's not a cruise, it's a battleship, okay? And so we're in a war, but guess what? If you read to the end and even before, we win, okay? So we win, but there is a war. So I want you to get that, okay? I want you to understand that having the testimony of Jesus does mean that there are battles, there are opposition, there is opposition, there are opposing forces. But thanks be to God that this is so full of promises that we can lay hold of and take for ourselves. Now, the next thing I really need you to get is from 1 Corinthians 8.1. And, okay, now, I... Before, before you say anything, before you say anything, I know that many of you are going to say, Todd, it's really inappropriate for you to put a picture of yourself with no shirt on <laughs> on Sunday morning. It's really inappropriate for Sunday morning. I know that's what a lot of you are thinking right now. Well... So you're saying, what in the world could this have to do with Scripture? Well, let me tell you. The second verse I really need you to get hold of is in 1 Corinthians 8.1. And the first part of it, we'll read it, but that's not... Paul says, now about food offered to idols, of course we know that all of us possess knowledge concerning these matters. Yet mere knowledge causes people to be puffed up to bear themselves loftily and be proud. But love, affection, and goodwill, and benevolence edifies and builds up and encourages one to grow to his full stature. So one of those pictures, I think is the bottom one, if I remember the bottom dude up there, he got ripped like that using HGH or some kind of steroid, right? We purposefully looked for a picture of a guy that got his physique through just working out, working hard, right? So my point here is, you know, sometimes things can have a similar appearance, right? You look at both these guys, you, but one guy kind of cheated, didn't he? <laughs> he kind of cheated, right? He injected or however, whatever that is. 
Um, the other guy got there just by hard work. So I need you to know that love represents the hard work. That's love, okay? And love, what does love do? If I'm gonna, and that's the other, if I ask a question, I'm gonna want an answer, okay? So what, well, love never fails. According to this, what does love do? Builds up, it edifies, right? What else? Courages, right. That's what love does. Encourages others to grow. Yeah, it's right up there. On, you can, yeah, it's right up there. So anyway, so I, needed you, so I needed you to get those foundational things. Number one, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So nothing that happens to any of us, it's like God doesn't work. It's not a zero-sum game with God. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, well, if he did that for, for you, then he can't do that for me because he's out of those goodies. Okay, it's not like that. It's not like that. Like, I'm always disappointed when it's my birthday and the last of the lemon pound cake is gone because there ain't no more. And I know there ain't coming no more because Sarah's not making another one of those for... But it's not like that. His, his mercies are new every morning. So I love that. And then love, love builds up. Okay, so um, I'm gonna have to skip through some things, son. So it doesn't look like I'm gonna get to everything, but... Um, not, we're not going to leave until we do this. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. We're not going to leave until we do this. So I'm going to go to one of my other uh, favorite uh, passages. And I tell you, um, as I've been kind of, you know, spending time before the Lord, I was having a little trouble, like, feeling like all of this was coherent and cohesive. And, and I just was like, Lord, this is, you know... Because I just said, you know, I mean, our, our people are, they're used to Glenn and Nate and Kyle, and they're used to good stuff. And I don't want to get up there and, you know. And this morning, he set me free. He did. Just this morning, he set me free. He said, Todd, there's going to be different people. There's going to be people there that need different things. And so something you say about one thing, in your mind, it might not necessarily seem related. But guess what? It doesn't have to. Because I, I want to minister through, the, through your words. And I, want, and, and, and I was really set free in our Sunday school because I was listening to Mike Bickle and it was like, he was telling stories. You know, he was telling, he was telling stories. And I, and I really, and I, so I, I really appreciated that. Um, so this morning I want to read to you, um, this is from Luke 4, and we don't have a slide for this, so you'll just have to listen to me. And starting in verse 17, or 16, uh, of Luke 4, it says, So he, Jesus, came to Nazareth, that Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and he entered the synagogue, as was his custom on the Sabbath day. And he stood up to read, and there was handed to him the roll of the book of the prophet Isaiah. He opened, unrolled the book, and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity, to proclaim the acceptable, the, the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. Then he rolled up the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. You got to love Jesus. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were gazing attentively at him, and he began to speak to them. 
Today, this scripture has been fulfilled while you are present and hearing. Whoa. Again, this is a prophet that lives some, some 600 years before Jesus. And all the people knew that this was a messianic prophecy, right? They knew. I don't know how it was going to manifest, but they knew it was messianic. And Jesus said, this has been fulfilled while you're here and while you're hearing. And then verse 22 says, of course, all spoke well of him and marveled at the works of grace that came forth from his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? So they misapplied or misconstrued or misunderstood, certainly, his origin, didn't they? Where, who his father really was. Well, here's, what, here's, here's one of the things I want to give you today. Um, when Jesus read that Isaiah 61 passage, those first two verses, part of the reason I believe that they later on in this chapter rose up and tried to kill him was that they understood that this is all of what Isaiah 61 says. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed and qualified me to preach the gospel of good tidings to the meek, the poor, and the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up and heal the brokenhearted to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of his favor, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion, to give them an ornament, a garland or diadem of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment expressive of praise instead of a heavy burdened and failing spirit that they may be called oaks of righteousness, lofty, strong, and magnificent, distinguished for uprightness, justice, and right standing with God, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified, that he may be glorified, and they shall rebuild the ancient ruins, and they shall raise up the former desolations and renew the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Aliens shall stand ready and feed your flocks. Foreigners will be your plowmen and your vine dressers, but you shall be called the priests of the Lord. People will speak of you as the ministers of our God. You shall eat the wealth of the nations and the glory once that of your captors shall be yours. Instead of your former shame, you shall have a twofold recompense. Instead of dishonor and reproach, your people shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double what they had forfeited. Everlasting joy, everlasting joy shall be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrong with violence or a burnt offering, and I will faithfully recompense them in truth. And your offspring, your offspring shall be known among the nations, your descendants among the people. All who see them in their prosperity will recognize and acknowledge that they are the people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul will exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. 
For as surely as the earth brings forth its shoots and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring forth, so surely the Lord God will cause rightness and justice and praise to spring forth before all the nations through the self-fulfilling power of his word. So see, that's why I need you to know this is out of love, because otherwise I'm just showing off. But it's love. But it is a challenge. You know, Sarah and I were actually talking about, you know, what if something happened and the only word that we could have is the word that's in here and in here? What if, what if, and you say, Todd, that could never happen. Well, look at what's been, look what's happened. What if that's the only word we could have? And so when I began to seek the Lord about what he wanted me to share, he's like, yeah, and I don't ever want you to forget it this time. In fact, not only do I not want you to forget that, but I got other stuff for you to do <laughs> after, you, after you recommit Isaiah 61. And I loved it this morning because in Sunday school, Mike Bickle was talking about how this, he was looking for this word, right? He was looking for Hephzibah. Where's Hephzibah in the Bible, right? And he was all about Isaiah 62, 6. And he knew it was in the prophets and he was looking for it, looking, looking. And he went through all the prophets and when he got to Isaiah 62, he skipped over it because that's Isaiah 62, 6 is what he had preached and he didn't need to look there because it wasn't there. Guess where it was? <laughs> Guess where it was? it was? And so I thought, Lord, you just really drove home to me the point and the value and hopefully I can drive home to all of us the value of committing. Now, committing portions of scripture in context. And, and I love that. I love that because from 61 through 11, that's only, it, I mean, it's only 11 verses, but, but just being able to have that and being able to meditate on that. And now that I have recommitted it, I have it. I don't ever have to lose it, right? And so I love that. And, and I, and I don't want to get away without sharing very quickly the testimony, but we're not going to put the slide up, son. Um, that part that I quoted about all who see them in their prosperity will recognize and acknowledge that they are the people whom the Lord has blessed. Part of what I had shared with Pastor Glenn about what was going on at my work is that um, on May 20, March 22nd. On March 22nd, we got a letter uh, from our headquarters um, that because of the COVID, we weren't, I mean, outside sales, outside sales guys were grounded, right? You can't go out. You got to work in the building. So that kind of was a little alarming to me, right? How am I going <clears> to <throat> do my job or how well am I going to be able to do my job? Well, for March, so that was at the, that was March 22nd, for April and May, for those two months, I was completely grounded. In June, it's, it's been lifted, so I'm not going to include June. But for those two following months, for April and May, <laughs> year over year, right? So 2019, year over year, my sales were up 67.1%. Yeah, more? Okay, more. Here's more. Here's more. 
here's more, here's the more, here's the better more even. Because in sales, you know, you can sell a gazillion dollars worth of something. But if you don't have any profit in there, if you don't have any margin in there, you're just moving paper, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, the first, one of the first things I learned was that it's profit that pays the bills. And <laughs> when you're in sales, it's profit that pays the bills, right? So don't think profit's a dirt. So my sales for April and May 2019 to 2020, we're up 67.1%. My profit is up 82.2%. 82.2%. And so I don't say that, that you think, wow, that dude must be his super. I'm not. It's the, in fact, I, I, I've, I've shared with some folks, does that crackling mean I'm running out of time? Is that what that means? Is that, I'm done? So, in fact, I've, I've shared with some folks that if I didn't believe in God, I would have a really hard time explaining this. <laughs> it's like, I got, no expl- I got no explanation, right? Now, I will tell you quickly that in 2019, right, Sarah was in school. She was driving back and forth to Fort Worth twice a week, twice a week, up and back in one day, twice a week, to go to Karis Bible College. And things weren't great, right? It was tight. But guess what? In in the midst of that, we continued to sow. We continued to give. We continued to believe, right? So here's the big, here's the takeaway from that. Not that, wow, Todd, that's great that God's blessed you. The takeaway is when, when you need something to come your way, and it's just like Glenn was talking about sowing, right? We have to sow. And that's not something that you're unaware but I really want to encourage you. In fact, I was thinking that when you were sharing about the ways to give, I'm kind of glad that we don't take up the offering the way we used to because I really, really want to encourage you folks. If you need a blessing from God, whether it's a loved one to come home, whether it's finances, whether it's um, a healing, whatever it is, that when that verse says, all who see them in their prosperity, I don't believe for a minute that just refers to uh, financial resources, but I believe that that's included in that, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I don't want that pendulum to swing the other way. So, so I just, yeah, so, so I just wanted you to um, hear, that, hear that from my heart, that Isaiah 61 passage. I want to challenge you in these times in which we live to hide God's word in our heart, right? Psalm 119, isn't that 11? How does a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to thy word, or thy lamp is a word unto my feet and a light unto my path. So there's many opportunities for us to hide God's word in our heart. And I really want to encourage us to do that. And happy Father's Day again to all of you. I love you. Thank you.